Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner. And we're talking home home repair. repair. Today we have uh, two topics. We have a question and we have a discussion. One of the discussions, the first discussion we're going to have is cleaning hacks that don't work. Yeah. This sounds like it's an article you found. (laughs) (laughs) Well, some of it was like, I do that. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't. So like, is this another article from AARP? It's not. Okay. No, no, it wasn't. I, although I was reading AARP and there were a couple of things in there that I saw, but that's for another episode. For another episode. Not this one. <laughs> and then we have a question about standing water in a shower. Yes. So then we're going to be talking yeah. about the anatomy of a shower pan. Yes. But let's start with cleaning hacks that don't work. What did you find? So what do you use when you wash your car? <laughs> you don't want to know. Do you wash dish dishwasher? No, I used to do that as a kid. Don't do that anymore. Yeah. No, I go through the brown bear drive through. Oh, I do that too. Because That's so nice. My I don't I only have so many hours left in my life. Right. And I love to detail cars, but I'd rather spend the time detailing it in the inside. Yeah. But for the outside, especially I don't know if it's city life or big city life, but or a changing world. I don't know. Do you find that your car gets just filthy right away? Yeah, pretty much. I think it's just the dirty air. Just the yeah. dust and pollen and dirt, and and then it rains just a little bit, and then it looks like hell. Yeah. Yeah. That little bit of stuff is starting to – it's not good for my developing OCD. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, oh. no, so I drive through. But back in the day, I used to use dishwashing. Dishwashing. And that's, you know, if for whatever reason I decide that I want to yeah. wash the car, I will go grab the dishwashing liquid. Well – Apparently, that's not so good for your paint because this that is, the dishwashing liquid is meant to get everything off, right? right? And so it'll actually affect the polymers that are in the paint surface. Wow. So you're taking that off and then you're um, – Then are you scratching it maybe even? No, what you're doing is allowing oxidation to occur much more quickly on your paint sure. than, than that. So don't use dishwashing liquid. Okay. Use the, you know, go get some – no, nope. some some car washing soap to use for your car. Yeah. All right. What else doesn't work? Using a hairspray to remove ink and and marker stains. <laughs> oh, just spray a little hairspray on that. It'll take it off. It used to work. Yeah. When hairspray was alcohol, you know, there's a, it was an alcohol base, right? And you spray it, and yeah, it would work. But that's not the case anymore. So it just stains your shirt further. Right. So (laughs) just use regular rubbing alcohol if you want to get the stain out. Or there's the other, you know, the goof off and goo gone and all those other ones. The other thing that works pretty well, um, Sujan does this a lot. There's a Woolite stain spray. Mm -hmm. But also if right away you just put some laundry soap on it. Okay. And let the laundry soap sit until the next time you do laundry and then you put it in so it doesn't have a chance to yeah yeah but Hmm. she'll she'll put laundry soap on a stain right away and it seems to work really well dry 
Yeah, just anything. dry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She okay. just puts a little dab on it and, and lets it go to work. All right. Good to know. Add my own little hacks that yeah. do work. <laughs> what else you got? This was funny. This was applying white wine to a red wine stain. <laughs> That's just a waste of good wine right there. <laughs> I'd rather throw the shirt out than waste good white wine. Right, right. <laughs> so if you want it to get rid of it, you can spray it with hydrogen peroxide. Well, what about seltzer? What about that myth? Why would that do anything? Because of the carbonation. I don't know. It just I'm going to say, because of my chemistry background, I'm going to say no. <laughs> right? No. Well, I think what's with happening the is the, the, the hydrogen peroxide is actually oxidizing the, the tannins and what makes it the red color. Uh-huh. So it's, you know how when you have a cut and you put hydrogen peroxide on it, it's sure. actually oxidizing your skin uh. at that point. That's why it's bubbling like that. So right. that's what the hydrogen peroxide's doing. Like so, soda water, yeah, it's bubbling, but it's not oxidizing anything. Okay, so when you put that on your shirt, it should bubble a little bit too because it's breaking up something. Right? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Something to try. Yeah. No white wine on your red wine stains. <laughs> that sounds like a country music song. That does it. <laughs> no white wine on my red wines. There we stains. go. Yeah. I've been I've been watching Nashville again. No, I never watched it the first time. Oh. Isn't it so much fun? Kinda. It is so great. And then having just gone to Nashville, too. Oh, sure. Right? So we started watching it before we went, and then right, went to the Bluebird Cafe and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Nice. Was, yeah. Good music, even when the stories got a little crazy. Yeah, it's um, still good music. Because you had, I think it was T-Bone Burnett did all the production of those songs. Using feather dusters. For what? Dusting. Because it just flits it around, right? That's all it does. Is all it does is it's just you just you're moving it. Is all you're doing. You're not you're not getting rid of it in any way. You are just moving it. Well, maybe you just didn't want it on your mantle. Put in well because well, no, now it's going to be in the air, so you're going to breathe it. Well, it's in the air, and then you let it settle, and then you vacuum it up. I don't know why you're being so harsh on these ideas. Okay, I agree. No, uh, so Jan swears by the microfiber, a microfiber with a little mist of water. We'll take it right up. Yeah. I heard you weren't supposed to use water. Really? On on, on the those, microfiber? On or? those microfiber cloths. Oh, really? Yeah. Why? Okay, I, I can't tell you right now. Okay. I'll look it up. All right, you look it up. I'll look it up. So no, so what, no, what, no feather duster. No feather duster, but what do they suggest then? To use a little bit of water and a, a rag or a towel or yeah. microfiber. Right. Old Something t-shirt. Like that. Yeah, right. Cut up your t-shirt. Just to, so the... The, the moisture is going to keep that dust on the cloth, and there you go. What do you have next? Mixing baking soda and vinegar together to use as a cleaner. Using baking soda and vinegar as a cleaner. Yeah, you mix it together, and you use it as a cleaner. Why do they say this is a fib? Because what you're doing is you've got an acid and a base, uh-huh. and you're putting it together, and you're getting a, 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 a neutralization reaction. That's why it's bubbling. So you're ending up with water. <laughs> Right, it's neutralizing it, so so it's it's doing nothing. That's my it favorite. It looks good, right? <laughs> oh, there's got to be something going on, but you know, huh? Going back to the microfiber, okay. And I could be just making this up. We only have facts here on the podcast. <laughs> only facts. Good Wait. hard research and facts. The reason why I'm worried about using water with the microfiber cloths 
is because you clean them with water. And so like hot water will release the fibers and that's how they release the dust and the dirt. So by by getting it moist, it releases whatever's being held in by those microfibers? Is that what you're saying? That is what I'm saying. Now, is that true, though? I'll do some more research. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back okay. for the microfibers. Before using the cloth damp for the first time, soak the cloth in hot water for five to ten minutes or machine wash in hot water. This is not required in order to use the cloth effectively. However, however, this will ensure the best possible streak and lint-free surfaces. Well, that makes sense because whatever the manufacturing stuff. Um. Yeah, so you can use one cloth to clean and polish your entire home. Just dampen half of the cloth and keep the other half dry. Now you can dust with the dry side and polish with the wet side. Really? So they want you to dust with it dry. So the microfibers are supposed to keep hold of the dust. Yeah. Huh. All right. Ooh, I had a better explanation sometimes. We're right, though. There's some other explanation that it and it's on a on a micro level. Okay. Physically what's happening with the microfibers and the Okay. And what a water kind of impedes that. Oh, all right. All right. That's all I know. Okay. And that's microfibers. What, and that's what the rag lady said. Oh, is that where you found that? The rag lady? Yep. It's actually the raglady.com. Not the rag lady. Oh. Raglady.com. Maybe we should get her on as a guest. Okay. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be kind of fun. Heather? Heather, hook us up with that, please. Hook us up with Rag Lady. <laughs> All right, what else isn't working? Polishing wood weekly. So a yeah. lot of the furniture that is made now doesn't even require you to polish it. Right, that you're supposed to just dust it with a microfiber With a microfi- dry microfiber cloth. Right. And if you do, and if you do it too much, you get that waxy buildup. You get the buildup and it starts looking very dull. So, But Pledge supposedly was not, didn't leave a waxy buildup. It said right in their ads. I loved dusting when I was a kid, being able to spray that stuff on. It smelled so good. Oh, it did. It Lemon was like fresh. huffing. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. Mm, Lemon Fresh Pledge. <laughs> Lemon I love fresh. it. All right, cool. Yeah, yes. so new stuff. Be really careful. But yeah, mom never let us use Pledge. Really? Oh, my mom used, let me use Pledge on all of it. Hmm. And then you had the waxy buildup, didn't you? Not that I noticed. I didn't look that close. <laughs> I just got to spray it on there and see right. it foam up, you know? Yeah, it was fun. That was fun. Yeah. Very fun. Well, there were there were about 14 others, but I said, no, I'm going to stop <laughs> at this six. I figured we'd had enough to talk about on uh, cleaning hacks. So that we'll pick was... that up at another time. <laughs> if you have any cleaning hacks that do or do not work, I would love to hear them at askamy at amyworks.com. That's an email that you can use. So let's move to our question. Our question is about standing water in the shower. What's the question? So this was a situation where an area in the shower, the grout stayed wet. So this is a tiled? Tiled shower shower floor. So it just appeared that the water wasn't, even after a couple of days, there was still, it was still wet. The grout was wet. That area was wet. Yeah. And then they took a hairdryer and tried to dry it all out. Mm -hmm. And what happened was they had water movement toward the drain. So as they were drying this, they were getting bubbles of water at the drain. 
And so like, like water oh, okay. would cover the drain and they would see bubble action. Just a li- no, just, not not a, not a lot of water. It was just enough to have bubbles forming there. Right, right, you'd, right, you'd right. See these yeah. little bubbles that are around the drain that would come up, and uh. so I just okay. Let's let's figure out what's going on. So. There's several different ways that a, a shower pan is made. One, of course, there's the prefab, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty much a no-brainer. But this was, you know, the, the tiled one. So you've got <clears> – And how is that different? So, like, when we look into most showers, if you can actually see the tray, that's the tray that's manufactured. Right. So it's 100% there, waterproof. So is there something like that underneath a tiled shower floor? Not really, but okay. yes. But there's there there are there are layers to it. Okay. So so the old fashioned way to do it was what's called the mortar bed, and you frame out your shower pan. And you have your curb as well, made out of wood. Then mm. you you have a layer. So that's of, just a piece of wood on the bottom. That plate, that pan. Right. It's just wood. Right. Okay. Just, it's like subfloor. Yeah. Okay. And then you have like a wire mesh or something like that. And then you're going to put a layer of mortar down. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to put a pan liner. So it's a rubber, it's like a four to six mil rubber pan liner that will actually go up the walls. Mm-hmm. And it wraps up over the curb itself. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to cut it anywhere where you're going to have a le- the level of the water would be. So you want it to be all one piece. The drain that you're using actually sandwiches that pan, uh, pan liner mm-hmm. so that any water that comes down to that drain is not able to get past the drain, but will has to go through these weep holes that are in the side of the drain that go into the inside of the pipe. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. So that any water that's that's above that liner will fall into that the weep holes, which falls then into the drain itself. Okay. So then once you've got the, the liner down, then you're going to put a, a sloped mortar bed. Okay. Okay. And that's going to give you your, you need a certain slope. You need, a, I think it's a quarter of an inch every foot, I believe it is. You'd use your that masonry. Like you masonry, masonry level. level. Yeah. Yeah, baby. Back to episode, I'm not sure which, Kayla will tell me. Um, <laughs> About yeah. levels. Right, exactly. So you've put mortar on there. And is that where you're going to put the tiles directly on? Or do you put like another kind of board? Nope. That's what you, you'll you'll put it directly on that layer of mortar. So liner right mortar, right. right? The mortar itself is not waterproof, right? Concrete is not waterproof. Water will go through it. That liner is what's the keeping liner it is what's keeping that water from getting through to the floor, right? Okay. And to ceiling and down. That's why below. it's critical not to have any slices or cuts, right? Accidentally, right? And if if you have the patience and you want to do a shower pan, it's not really that hard. Well, just the way you described it is like, yeah, you just have to pay attention to detail, right? I and it, and it costs like one hundred and fifty bucks mm. for all of your materials. Whereas you know you could go out and spend. We we just bought a, a shower pan for for a client, and I spent nine hundred dollars on it. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a nice pan, but. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean, is it the pan that they're going to see, or that? No, really no, no. It's the pan they're going to see. Oh, okay, it's, right. So, it's going to be exposed. Yeah. So the aesthetic is also part of right. What they got. But okay. for me and anybody that's got a little, it's like, oh, you know, I could do that. And then any water that that goes down through the grout, mm-hmm. right? Which um, is gonna right. It's going to then we'll go down to the the liner, and then because it's sloped, it's going to be directed toward the drain, so it should dry out. 
if you don't have it sloped properly mm. and you have a flat, flat area, the water's going to sit there mm. and you can get mold created. You do have the potential of leaks because water sitting someplace long enough. It'll find a way. Right. I mean, water is is absolutely wonderful and we all need it, but it's absolutely horrible <laughs> too. And I mean, really, yeah. can you think of another product or elements or something that 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 is such a on both ends of the spectrum. Yeah. It's like yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so so that's one way to do a shower pan. Then there's the, the you can use weedy or hydroblock which is a polystyrene product which is really light and then on the exterior on both sides it's got a really thin um cement kind of coating on it mm. um that you you cut it, attach it to your sub, your your studs. You can attach it to the floor. You can actually get pre-sloped um, mm. pans, and which makes it really nice because you s- set that in and it's one hundred percent waterproof. You do an epoxy caulk around all of the seams, and it's one hundred percent waterproof product, which is great. Mm. Uh, there's also you can use um, Hardy Backer. But that's a cement product. Yeah. Um, that you don't want to use that alone. You want to use a red guard, which a it's a rubberized kind of application. Application. And it's it's red. So yeah. you paint it all over everything and that waterproofs the the hardy backer. So there's a couple of different ways. But but there's always that waterproofing layer. Yeah. Of right? some sort. Of some sort with a with a tiled shower pan. So you're always going to get water. There's there's always going to be water under the tile, but it should be going, being directed to the drain from the sloping of the, the waterproof layer that you have underneath there. So there's kind of a fashion right now to have wet rooms. Mm-hmm. And so when you're designing a bathroom that's a wet room, mm-hmm. are you considering a slope? Yes. From the outside of the wall, every... All parts of that floor has to go towards that drain. A lot of times what what we'll do or what we've done in the past is is there's a line drain. Oh, sure. Okay. So you you can have the line drain up against the wall. Mm -hmm. So all of the floor joists go toward that line drain. Or you can have it in the middle. And, you know, you'd go from both walls to the middle. Would you shim the subfloor in the direction? Again, we're talking about a wet room Mm -hmm. because you're saying that the pan is where you would do that slope. Where do you do it in a wet room? You do it on On the the subfloor? You can do it on the subfloor. Yeah, those are the floor joists. And then... I mean, the floor joists you'd still make square and even for strength, right? Right. Right, okay. and, and then, then you shim the subfloor in some way. Right, so that you've got that you've got that slope, whatever that goes slope you want. Toward, mm-hmm. Man, and so again, would that use that liner product for that, or maybe the red instead? No, what I would use on that would be like the the um, weedy or the hydroblock because it's a lot lighter. It's you screw it in place, you caulk all of your screw heads and the seams, and it's one hundred percent waterproof. It's just really easy to use, and there's not those multiple steps. Just a lot more flexibility, yeah. Because you're just putting it up like right. whatever you know, drywall or subfloor. Exactly. Or you're just the same technique, right. and then you just epoxy the hell out of it, or yep. not epoxy, but seal it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just have that caulk, and and it works. It works great. And the manufacturer, I I need to go back and make sure this is true 
to this day, but it used to be that they would, that's uh, 100% um, waterproof guarantee for 10 uh, years. Manufacturer. Wow. Which is pretty amazing. So that was one of the big selling points when we started using it because it is a little more expensive okay. uh, material-wise than to buy a, a sheet of, uh, you know, hardyback or cement board. But we're not having to buy, you know, a gallon of RedGuard either and doing that and an added second step. application. Right. Right. Well, I mean, there's a second step in that you have to do the caulking. So you're right. either painting or caulking. Right. Interesting. Yeah. But it is nice, different than the liner in that you're not needing a different skill. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm interested to do one, though. A mortar pan. Yeah. Mort- mortar bed shower. I just think it kind of it's going to last forever. You'd think. Right. I hand it down to my grandkids. Here, this Guess is unless you got bugs. They can eat through the rubber. What bugs eat through rubber? I don't know. But I have these moths in my pantry, oh. which are driving me to drink. So Jan finally got some stuff to take care take care of it because it's gotten in. They can eat through cardboard. Mm-hmm. They can eat through plastic. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're ready for the apocalypse, and it's now all being contaminated. Oh by, no! But they did a moth bugs. Oh, we had that one time. We were out. We discovered it because we were out hiking. Uh huh. And went oh, reach no. in and grab some ah. trail mix and look and and there's this bug that's oh and then we go home and look and, and yeah little... every so everything went out we got anything that wasn't in glass glass Cause or we'll, can because we'll do uh, you know lentils and things like that put it in jars but anything right. that wasn't and wasn't op- or was open was gone so we but that was the thing it doesn't even have to be open that's what threw me off. Wow. Was that there was a closed bag of, I don't think it was lentils, but maybe cornmeal or something. Oh. And they can eat through just a little hole in the plastic, and then they lay their eggs, and then they have... Wow. So what do you do? Just what you did. Just you just have away. to take everything out. And Where do they have, come from? I don't know. They could come in a package, you oh. know, like some packaging. Right. If they, if they got in there. Right. And because we did not have this problem. This is a new problem. Um, and so she's got those little bug catcher. They they looked like just folded over pieces of cardboard. And basically it just has just a tiny little square of their pheromone in it. And it coll- and then it's sticky beyond it. So mm-hmm. they just get caught, you know, real quickly by it because they're tiny, you know, they're tiny. But just the other day we said, we really should just take everything out. You know, mm-hmm. we had these big bags of fiber that she gets special, special <gasps> fiber that you oh, put in yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. It was in there too? If it's in a plastic bag. Wow. It is not. So like you say, it has to be glass. That's I don't hard. even want to look at my pancake mix. Oh. Anyway. Just buy some new stuff and throw the old Don't even look. Just, just. Yeah, yeah it kills me to do it, but, yeah. you know, at the most, it'll be a $25. Right. You know. Expenditure. Yeah. You know. yeah. And you can just put all that shit in your compost. There you go. So I got my compost started. <laughs> I distracted us again. Any other notes you want on the shower pan? Um, No. Just, just remember that, uh, you know, you can do it. And any standing water anywhere is a matter to investigate. Yeah. If it's, if for it's long- something for a long time. Right. I mean, if you just get out of the shower... Yeah. 
Um, we did a shower pan. Uh, we did a shower, a uh, bathroom renovation, and they wanted these large pebble tiles. The, it, it came in sheets, right? 12 by 12 right. by 18 sheets, but they were the large river rock pebbles, and they had a lot of space in between them. And if you don't grout that properly, you don't get enough grout in it, then the water has a tendency to sit in those areas. Actually, in the thing. So I was going to say, there's no problem if it just goes to the lining. No, no, there's no problem. But but it's it'll just sit there in those lower areas. Between like those rocks. Oh, it was, I think we redid that shower floor three times. Oh my gosh. Um, one of the issues that we had, that, that we discovered, was we used one of the weedy pan uh, pre-sloped, but it was a long pan. It was, I mm. think it was six feet long. And 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 the drain was at one end, as opposed to the drain being in the center of the shower. Mm. So there wasn't quite enough slope on that shower pan to get the water to flow properly to the drain. But that's pretty disappointing because it's a pre-made, I mean- It was it, very disappointing. It, it was built to be six feet. It's not like you put two right. together. right. 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 It was, it was interesting. And, and so if we went back to do it again, do, I would definitely recommend doing a different tile because with the combination of that, not quite enough slope, those big pebbles, you know, you've really got to pack those grout areas between all of the stones. And, but how comfortable can that be on your feet? I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I walk I out on the possible. sidewalk and I'm like, oh, 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 yeah. oh, 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 yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I got tender feet. But yeah, yeah. If you have any questions or comments about anything we've talked about on the podcast or anything that we haven't, please drop us an email at askamy at amyworks.com. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. Makes me wonder. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.